It's episode 80, y'all, and we're going to be talking to Shannon McLay, the owner of the latest hotspot in New York City, The Financial Gym. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the preferred podcast by many women across the globe to help you take control of your finances. Join me, Jen Hempel, a motivational money coach and your host each week as I share with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's do it. Welcome, welcome, and a big thank you for joining me today on this episode. I've got a fantastic guest lined up for you today, but I wanted to remind you first that if one of your commitments for 2016 was to get your finances in order and you are still in that same spot you started, let's change that. So why don't you check out my Her Money Matters Inner Circle? I would be completely honored to have you in there. All the details can be found not only in episode 76, but it's also in the show notes so you don't have to listen to the whole episode, but I definitely suggest that you do. And that can be found at jenhempill.com forward slash 76. So let's get to today's guest. In today's episode, you're going to learn how the lack of money conversations led her to a successful career. You're also going to learn why she branched out on her own with the financial gym and what keeps her successful with her money with her recent divorce. So she speaks candidly about her divorce. Let me share with you a little bit about Shannon McLay. Shannon is a financial planner who left a traditional financial services firm to start her own company, The Financial Gym, that helps people in their 20s and 30s who are starting out and trying to build assets while also managing debt. She helps people become financially fit through her company, her blog and podcast called Martinis and Your Money and her book, Train Your Way to Financial Fitness. Let's not delay and let's go ahead and talk to Shannon. Welcome, Shannon McLay, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today. I'm so excited to be here on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. So I wanted to get to know a little background about you as far as how you grew up around money. So share with us your money story. Yeah, I actually find it ironic that my day-to-day now, every single day, 24-7 is all around money. And yet growing up, it was the exact opposite. We uh, we never talked about money in my home. And it's funny because now I've asked both my parents since then why we didn't. And my dad's answer was that he never thought we needed to know. He didn't think that was something we needed to talk about. And my mom's response was that she knew nothing about money. So she didn't really feel like she had anything to share with me or teach me. So I just kind of had to fumble along my own way. I think the one great thing that one great relationship I have always had with money since I was 14 is I I know how to make it because I'm not afraid to work hard. I started working at a bagel store when I was 14 and I've been working ever since. And I think that's where I might've struggled with saving more or spending less or in other areas of my, my money situation. I definitely always know how to make it. 
Love it, and I love that you asked your parents why didn't you talk about yeah, money. That is interesting. Love that. I don't think I've I heard talk that about it. Yeah, I mean, it's all I talk about now, and I'm like, especially with my son, my ten year old son, I talk about it all the time with him, and it hits me. I'm like, I, I think about it frequently. I'm like, why did we never talk about talk about money? I'm sure you've interviewed people on your podcast too who say, oh, we talked about it in my house or yes. things like that. And when I do the same on my show, I'm like. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't have that. <laughs> right. Now, nice. but lo- looking back, so your parents didn't talk about money, but naturally you probably observed some things that led you to maybe manage money a certain ways or not do it a certain way. So what were some of those things that you observed that you either knew definitely I want to do that or I definitely want to steer away from that? Yeah, I grew up in a big family, even though my parents were divorced um, and remarried. My mom had three other children. My dad had two other children. So it was always a lot of kids. There was five in my house when I was with my mom. There was four when I was with my dad. There was always kids and we didn't have a lot of money. And I just remember seeing my mom work really hard. She had three jobs at one point and it was just always a struggle for her. And I just remember thinking that I didn't want to work that hard or I just wanted to push myself to do better. I actually really, I wanted to push myself to do better for her because even though, um, you know, she wasn't, it was just hard to get ahead for her. I always did admire her work ethic and I knew she did everything she could for us. And that inspired me to, to pursue my career and be a working mom. Love it. Now you're a financial planner, um, experience, and you started at a traditional firm, but then you did your own thing. So what, yeah. uh, what sparked that? Well, I was working at Merrill Lynch at the time. I had a 13 year career in traditional financial services and the last two were with Merrill Lynch and as a financial advisor. And I loved being a financial advisor. The struggle I had is that I kept meeting clients who didn't have 250000 in assets but needed mm-hmm. help and they didn't want to use a website or an app. They actually wanted to talk to somebody. And when I was at Merrill, I just, I didn't have a way to do it. And I called them my pro bono clients because I would still meet with them. I met with everybody. If anybody wanted to sit and hear what I had to say, I would meet with them. And I started creating these ad hoc financial plans on the side for them, you know, and they offered to pay me money. They were like, I can pay you for this. I had no way of taking it. I just wanted to help them because I knew I could put it all together for them. And Mm -hmm. I always tell people this story. This was the, the turning point of my life really was this literally one week, um, where on a Tuesday I met with my high net worth clients who had over a million dollars with me. And they were, you know, both doing well, making six figures and they're doing everything right. Well, their portfolio was down 3%. And the whole meeting was just them like, you know, complaining about the fact that their portfolio was down. And I just kind of felt like I was losing my soul a little bit because I was like, at least you have over a million dollars invested. And, right. you know, so I just kind of had to sit there and listen to them complain. And then two days later on a Thursday, I met with one of my pro bono clients and I had put this plan together for her. And we went through the whole thing. And at the end of it, she looked me in the eye and she said, you know, you're saving my life, right? Oh my goodness. So beautiful. And I was, and yeah, and I felt like I lost my soul on Tuesday 
and I found it again on Thursday and I thought, I want to do more Thursdays. (laughs) I want to have a career of Thursdays, not Tuesdays. I don't care if you have a thousand dollars. I don't care what you have. If you want or need the help, I want to give it to you. So three years ago, I left Merrill Lynch and I started my own company called the Financial Gym. Awesome. And then now you have an actually your we have to celebrate because you have a physical yes. location in New yes. York City. The How first exciting. Gym. How the exciting. The first gym is officially open and it is, it's beyond exciting. When I left Merrill three years ago, I had the vision of the gym, like a location, a storefront where you could walk in and no matter what, you could get the help you need. And it took me three years, <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of ups and downs, but here I am. So and awesome. And we got... Lots more planned for next year, too. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm excited for that and see how all that unfolds because I know it'll be great. Now, what, of course, you're a financial planner. You're in the world of finances. What would you say you do well with money on for your own money? Yeah. um, Other than making it. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, I've gotten really good at watching how I spend money. Uh, When I decided to leave the successful career at Merrill Lynch, I knew I was going to take a pay cut. Mm -hmm. And I got really good at watching and becoming frugal. I say frugal and fabulous. And the good thing about that is that I wasn't always like that because I always I made a lot of money in the past. I, I would also spend a lot of money. And what I love about how I've kind of taught myself and changed my mindset around money and, and being a little more being a lot more conscious of my spending is that it really helps me help my clients because I know how to help them because I was them right. uh, with a number of them. So it's great for me to be able to use that to help other people too. Love it. And what would you say is your best money that you've spent? Oh, absolutely. Investing in myself in the gym. Uh, absolutely. I And I will admit that I've used, uh, I have not saved for retirement and over the last three years and I've used some of my own money to support the gym and I would do it again in a heartbeat because I know that this is going further and I know this is bigger and um, it'll be the best investment I've ever made. I agree. I'm sure it will. So how about if you could take us like just in a month span time when you sit down and manage your uh, finances, do you use what what do you use a spreadsheet? Do you use an app? Are you traditional with just pencil and paper? Take us a little bit of what you do. Do you have any rituals, traditions, those type of things? Yeah, I actually use the site that I use to help clients. So but it's kind of like mint.com. And I am a big fan of using anything that aggregates all of your information into one place Mm -hmm. and especially something that will show all of your activity in a given month or quarter. So you can see exactly where you're spending your money. And I highly recommend, and I do this, taking the time and seeing where you're spending it and your categories and look for some problem areas, even though you might be doing it good. And I've got a lot of clients who are really good at it. There's always areas for improvement. And there's always times where you'll slip. I've struggled with weight my whole life since I was 10. And I got my period. I just always have struggled with weight. And so for me, and I used to be over 200 pounds and I've now lost 50 and I've gained some back, but I always have to watch what I eat. And I always have to keep myself in tabs. Like maybe I'll let myself go every now and then, but I have to keep myself in check. And it's the same thing with money. Most people, even if you're really good at it, will still struggle from time to time. And I think you always have to keep looking at it 
And the best way to do it is just to keep looking at your expenses every month. Absolutely. It's tedious, but it's time well spent as far as I'm concerned. No, I agree. So you use the software that you use with your clients. And mm-hmm. do you sit down monthly? Do you look at your uh, checking account weekly? Like, tell, tell us a little yeah. bit about that. I look at the whole picture monthly, but I look at everything individually where I would spend money. So my bank and my credit cards every single day because they're apps on my phone. And I highly recommend that people do that because, you know, there's a lot of fraud protection with banks now, but it's not given and no one should be watching your money better than you. So it's easy now with apps on your phone. You can just do quick check-ins. Absolutely. I agree. And what would you say is your best money memory? Oh, my best money memory. I would say that my best money memory was actually check cashing the check or actually taking a dollar out for the first paycheck I got from my first real job when I graduated college. I still have that one dollar. Wow. Yes, it's in it's in my drawer next to my bed. So when I got my first paycheck, I went to the bank and I had them give me a dollar. So like a new dollar. So I could have it for me to always remember my first real job. I like that. Sometimes people frame like the check or things. I like that. That's that's interesting. Now, currently you are in the process of divorce or divorced. And could you share with us a little bit about how things have changed as far as how you manage your money, any of those? Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Those things. Yeah, I mean, definitely getting divorced changes your money situation. You go from being having two people responsible for the bills to one, even though you know, I may receive uh, money or from my ex, we still, I still have the bulk of the responsibility. And I think what's happened for me, because I'm also a mom, is that it's actually just inspired me to work harder because, uh, so I don't have to worry about money so much. And I don't want my son to worry about it. It's almost like I feel this responsibility to earn double now Mm. because I really don't ever want to be in a situation where I feel like I need that other check to pay the bills. I want to be able to pay for everything myself. And if the check comes, it comes. If not, not. It, my son's my responsibility, my family, my home's my responsibility. And it's just given me even more of, I guess, a drive and passion to do even better. So I don't need that extra paycheck. I love that. And it shows that that you have that drive because look of the things that you've already, <laughs> you've accomplished. So I love that. And would you say you're a saver or a spender? Hmm. You know, it's funny. I went through a period where I was a spender. I went through a period where I was a saver. And now I would say I'm a conscientious spender uh, where I think as long as you get a good return on your spending and it's and it makes sense and aligns with your goals, then I think that makes sense. I love that you said aligns with your goals. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is key there. And I know yes. we had a discussion with my membership program, the ladies in there about taking a look at this, the money, where the money is going and seeing uh, not just the goals, but looking at their values. Uh, what is important to them and seeing if that spending aligns uh, with that. So that was an interesting exercise. So I really like that you are uh, 
intentional and very keen on that. Yeah. I mean, I always say mindless spending is, is probably one of the most common problems I see with clients, mindless spending. And we don't think about it as mindless because we're making a conscious choice to buy something or spend our money, but it's mindless because we're not putting it in perspective. Right. And um, when we become more mindful, then, then we become more pers- purposeful in our spending. And I think that's the best way to spend your money. No, absolutely. And I think also that's a part of that too. Uh, it's kind of like when, um, since you have the financial gym, it makes me think of this, but it's also money, eating, all of that, it can be so emotional, right? So yeah. stress affects anything. And so sometimes I think it's really all the clutter in your brain that you have uh, from mm-hmm. the stress, from whatever is going on in your life that doesn't allow... T- to, to think clearly to be able to make those decisions. So it's really also, I, f- I feel it's also being present as to what's going on with you, um, mm-hmm. not just physically, but emotionally to be able to conquer that. Because sometimes you know, I do it too. I see Starbucks and somehow I'm in that Starbucks yeah. uh, and already checked out and bought a coffee that did I really need it or did I really want it? Probably yeah. not, but I do it. So uh, oh, it's funny when I look at clients spending, we go through their quarter of review. I can always tell the ones that go like off the rails, we call it like they go off the rails with their spending. It's always an emotional connection. Yes. Always like without a doubt, usually they'll do fine. And then I'm like, what happened this quarter? And I'll be like, well, I'm dating this new guy or <laughs> I broke up with this guy or like I had a death in the family. There's always some emotional event around a bad, you know, bad, but like an off the rails quarter. And so what happens is when we meet, you know, they're always fearful that I'm going to like yell at them because I always say I'm like the Jillian Michaels of your money, but I'm not quite that. Like I'll yell if I need to, but I'm not like, I'm like, I'm a tough love kind of chick. So I, I don't yell at them, but I'm like, okay, so you did it. You went off the rails. Like, let's get this train back on the track. You know, like it's in the past. We're back. Like, let's get back on track. What are we going to do to get back on track? Like shake it off. Let's move on. Like with one client, she spent all this money on self-help books. I didn't even know you could spend that much money on Amazon. And I was like, did they work? Is it better? She was like, yeah, I feel that. I'm like, okay, great. Now let's move on. Like, what are we going to do now? (laughs) I thought you were going to share. She didn't even open the books. I thought that's what was coming. (laughs) No, no, she did read them. So I was like, all right, well, you know, then that's good. Let's just move on though. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And what would you say is, has been the worst purchase or the worst money you've spent? Oh, absolutely. I just, I blogged about this not too long ago because I found the receipt for it, but we had, this was like 10, no, it was like 12 years ago. We're in this townhome in Tampa. It was, it was small and it was new. It had just been built. We were the first ones to live in it. And I have no idea why, but I just thought that even though there's carpeting in the upstairs, I thought that the room that was our study needed to have hardwood floors in it. I don't know why, but I was like, this room should have hardwood floors. So I spent a thousand dollars on hardwood floors for a room that made absolutely no sense. And then we didn't even, we moved out of that place in like a year. So oh, I didn't even enjoy, didn't enjoy it. Floors. Yeah. And I found the receipt not too long ago and I just like laughed my butt off because I was like, that's just hysterical. Like now, I mean, knew me would just like forget it wouldn't even come into picture, but it was just funny. That's, you know, like seeing something from uh, your past. Right, right. I can imagine. 
And who would you say influenced you the most on the area of money? Oh, definitely. Um, definitely my mom. Like, like I said, even though she didn't know, and she says she doesn't know about money. She, uh, she has a hard work ethic, has a great work ethic. And I feel like if you have a great work ethic for whatever you're doing, whether it's getting financially fit, it's working at your job, it's being a good parent, whatever it is, if you have that good work ethic, you'll be successful in life. And, um, and she taught me that. So I'd have to say my mom. Awesome. And I wanted to ask another question here, being that you are currently a single mom. And you also mentioned early in our conversation on how you are always talking to your son about money. So do you have any tips or uh, maybe some conversation starters or anything that you talk to him about? Yeah, I think the best thing you could ever say to your kids about money is no. Mm hmm. That's the number one tool for teaching them <laughs> about money is the word no. Um, it, and I really mean that I, when we talk about emotions, there's nothing more emotional than our children. Nothing. I mean, I, I can't imagine a single situation when there's emotion, there's money, n- craziness. And I think, as, and I feel this, especially now as a single mom, uh, you feel compelled to want to give your kids things and right. and they don't need them. And it's not teaching them anything good when by telling them no and you have you're not depriving them. You're just showing them that there's value for money. And, you know, if you feel, continue to feel bad about telling them no, then you could get, and especially the older they get, you can explain more that you're not saying no to this. It's not no forever. You're, you have other goals as a parent, as a family, as a, as a household that you want to achieve. And that purchase is not getting you closer to that. So, you know, my son will talk about the kids wearing what the LeBron James shoes in school. And I'm like, that's great for them. But I don't know <laughs> what their goals are, but like, I want to be able to take you to the Dominican Republic for Christmas. Okay. Right. So if I'm going to do that, then I'm not going to buy you those shoes. What do you want? Would you rather the shoes or the trip? Because that's what I'm thinking. I tell his name's Will. I was like, well, that's what I'm thinking. Well, when I'm making these choices, like, is that taking us closer to what we want out of life or further away? Right. I love that. And also, I think with kids, I know I've got two boys. So when they want things, it's right. It's like the in the heat of the moment of like, mm-hmm. oh, I've got to have that. And that's all they see that they have to have that. But once you give them some time to like think through them, let's just let's let this set then and you do really want this purchase. And sometimes it's just not as important. Sometimes it still is. Uh, But I think also letting them uh, think about that. So Mm -hmm. I really like that. So this has been a great uh, Shannon, a lot of good nuggets. I want to congratulate you on all the success. I'm excited uh, for that physical. And if your listeners are in the New York, area, stop in and yes. say hi. We'd love to see you. Yes, absolutely. So I'll definitely include a link in the show notes so you can connect with Shannon. And if you're in the New York area, go check out the financial gym. I, I, I'm not that I'm in DC, what, six yeah. hours or so. Quick train ride, Jen. Yeah, yeah, quick train ride. I'll have to make it up there sometime, especially mm-hmm. until because we move a lot. So um, yeah, But anyway, so really, really appreciate your time, all that you shared. And I wanted to wrap it up with asking you, how would you finish the sentence? Her money matters because. Because she matters. Ooh, I like that. Simple, straight to the point. (laughs) Perfect, (laughs) Shannon. Well, I really appreciate this. And I'm sure we'll connect again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Jen.
I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoy talking to Shannon. I have a little challenge for you, but before I do that, as usual, I want to give a quick shout out to one of our community members. And today's shout out is to Amy B. She is a working mom of two. And she has made some fantastic strides this year to move in the direction of leaving her job and being at home with her kids. Her focus has definitely been in the area of finances. So to get those finances working for them, and she has definitely been doing so diligently. So keep up the great work, Amy. I have loved how you have reached out for support in the group and you are not afraid to talk money, which leads me (laughs) to the next area of the challenge. Today, Shannon spoke about the lack of money conversations, and I'm pretty sure chances are that you have had this experience too. But my big question here for you today is, are you repeating this experience? Are you also not having those money conversations? I urge you, I urge you not to repeat that cycle. You need to be that change for your children, for your family, or for your friends. Money conversations don't all have to be serious. They can be about experiences you have, even those funny ones. The point is to start talking about money so you can be more confident with it. The more you have that confidence, the more action you are going to take the more success that you're going to have with your finances. So today's challenge is, is to talk to whether your spouse, your significant other, a friend, a family member, and I want you to ask them the simple question of how their parents handled their money when they were growing up. And just ask that question. It doesn't have to be verbatim what I just said, but bring it up in a conversation and see what comes out of it. So that's my challenge for you. I'd love for you to take me up on it. If you do share us your experience, come over to the Facebook group at jenhemphill.com forward slash community and share what happened in that conversation. And I guarantee you, it's not as hard as you make it out to be. Just do it. Now, just wanted to share real quick that next week I am headed to Cancun with my three guys and I am very much looking forward to this vacation. But not to worry, there will be an episode for you to listen to next week. And also, if you wanted to know, I'd have been so close to Christmas a couple weeks out, I still have not started Christmas shopping. And I've made the decision just from reflection that after many of years of this continuous cycle, I always say I'm going to change it and I don't. Maybe it's just that I like the thrill of leaving it to so last minute, or maybe I have issues. I'll let you decide. So that is a wrap for today. Now, next week on the podcast, as I mentioned, there will be an episode. And honestly, usually I tell you what it's about, but I haven't decided what topic I'm going to cover. It is going to be holiday related, so it's not going to be anything too, too serious. So just look forward to that. There's no interview. It is just going to be me talking next week. So I want to thank Shannon for joining us and sharing her story, sharing our whole knowledge. If you are in New York City, be sure to go visit the Financial Gym. You can get more information on Shannon and where the Financial Gym is at financialgym.net. So you can also find that in the show notes uh, on where to find Shannon and more at jenhempill.com forward slash 
80. So thanks again for listening and I will talk to you next Thursday. 